Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Three and one. And Garver drives it to left. It is deep and long gone into the second level and the twins take a three nothing lead that highlight courtesy of fox sports north it is Mackie and judd with rami on the all-new score north on 1500 score north.com and that nifty score north app jason stark from the athletic and mlb network he'll be joining us at 420 to talk about that team you just heard right there and other news coming up at 520 and of course we wrap with Royce at 540 you want to get in on the show 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North and uh, Mitch Garver I don't I don't know if you heard wow. uh, the score North first place twins show today I love, but, that's the official new name of it, right? I mean, for the time being, yeah, until until something changes. So, yeah. for the next three years. <laughs> sure. Because yeah. Cleveland ain't coming back. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. Chicago, we have to worry about them in a year or two. Let's see what they do in free agency next offseason. But the white, the, 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 the Twins are the AL Central champions for 2019. I think we're ready to, to, <laughs> to fly that flag. But that... but. On on the Score North first place Twins show today, did you hear Derek Wetmore and and his projections for or the odd pace for with Mitch Garver? No, I was uh, I, I was on, I was on like, the plane when this happened. I think he's going to hit like seventy six home runs. I think he's on pace for about seventy six home runs. He's putting up. Uh, I did see he's putting up a higher slugging percentage through one month than Barry Bonds in the seventy three home run season. Is that accurate? Yeah, he's yeah. basically Barry, Barry, Bonds. Barry Bonds' career. Yeah, we talked about that. He's okay. Barry, Bonds, he's Barry in, Bonds. He's Barry Bonds in catcher's gear. He's right handed Barry Bonds. But yeah, but it's more. <laughs> But it's more impressive because he's a catcher. Exactly. To which right. my my question becomes, what exactly are we saying about Mitch Garver? Because if we're saying he's Barry Bonds, that's uh, you know that's a good and a bad does thing. Mitch, I'm not really saying he's Barry Bonds. I just want to be clear. Does, does Mitch, I told Wetmore that I said, what are you saying exactly about Mitch just Garver? To put it to bed, does Mitch Garver look like a guy who has had his head explode nine sizes in the last six months? I said, do, have we checked his hat size from last year to this year? <laughs> no. no, until we do, well, I'm always suspicious. Well, I have I have an explanation. I'd love to bring this up with you guys because one of the biggest rips. I've heard this is now year three of the Falvey and Levine regime in the front office. And one of the biggest rips has been, well, they haven't they haven't spent enough money in free agency or they haven't, you know, they haven't done enough. They haven't signed any big name free agents. They've whiffed on you Darvish and they've whiffed on. Well, call it a whiff. They weren't even in on Bryce Harper, but they didn't sign Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And 
where I will come halfway with those critics is in the absence of more information about what happens behind the scenes in baseball organizations because everyone's trying to keep everything secret right now. So one of the only tangible things we can judge front offices on is, well, who'd you get in free agency, right? Because we don't we don't see all the inner workings that go into player development and, and getting players to perform at, at their peak. So I, I want to know what the secret sauce is here. It's not just a coincidence that the Twins, you look up and down for the last 15 years, and we lament the David Ortiz's and Carlos Gomez moves on and performs at an all-star level with another team. Aaron Hicks hits 27 home runs with another team. Ryan Presley is actually a recent example of going to another team and elevating. Um, there's something happening with this year's Twins team that's different than anything we've seen in the last 10. The, the Twins developed the hell out of the early 2000s teams. But they're unlocking the talent, the Mitch Garvers, the Martin Perez's. They are unlocking these guys. I mean, Martin Perez has turned into Johan Santana. Mitch Garver has turned into Harmon Bleeping Killebrew. Right. Now, how sustainable is it at this level for the whole season? But I just like, I want to know what the secret sauce is behind the scenes from a scouting, development, growth standpoint, and what this front office has been able to unlock with some of these players that previous. Twins front offices the last 10 years have not been able to. I think it's now that that it's um, occurring. I think it's very clear. And we talked about this on the show with Derek as well, Phil. I think it's this. I think that consider this. What was the twin? So when the twins turn that corner in the early 2000s and became successful again, we talked about the twins, the twins way, which was their philosophical viewpoint of how they were going to get success from a group of players consistently. What is the new way of thinking now? And it actually does work. It's very, very smart. It's you don't have a way you deal with people on an individual basis. So you look at everybody, and instead of saying, this fits us, you say, how can this person fit us? And I think what we're seeing here, what the Wolves are going to hope to do, and perhaps it's successful, perhaps it's not, but I think the overall philosophy now of teams that are really smart and people who are smart is to look at individuals and say, Martin Perez, you weren't good. Why? And if you can answer the why, he makes sense. If you can't, then he might just be done. But I really think that this is individual instruction and going player by player and employee by employee, person by person, and looking at them, and, and instead of saying, you fit our way, saying, can we put you in the puzzle? Because you're all different, and and some of you got something left, and some of you don't. But we can't figure that out unless we approach you as individuals instead of a philosophical, this is how our franchise does things viewpoint. And I think it's just a more, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a more analytically oriented organization than it ever was before Falvey and Levine, right? It's the the analytics play a much bigger role in the team now. And I, I think what's different this year than in the past and, and listening to how people reacted to Rocco Baldelli and Wes Johnson and the way that they were coaching these guys up all the way back in spring training compared to how it was in the past and listening to you, Phil, often talk about Ryan Presley and how there was somehow a disconnect from where the the analytics and the information that they had at their fingertips started and how it eventually got to the players. Mm-hmm. There was there was a broken link in that chain 
somewhere. And I think this year we're seeing that be a much smoother transaction from the analytics and information department down to the coaching and getting it to the players in a way that's digestible to them. You talk about the pitching and how that's helped. We were talking today on on the Score North First Place Twins show about the fact that this team is swinging at the first pitch almost twice as much as they did a season ago because yeah. the numbers say that's probably that's probably the way to go right now until teams and pitchers change their approach against this lineup. You're going to get a lot of first pitch fastballs, first pitch balls that are that are hittable that are in your zone. So go ahead and be aggressive and be attack and 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 be on the attack and. I, I just feel like the, the information is getting sent to these guys in a much more digestible way than it has in the past, and that's why we're seeing these guys develop with the Twins and not elsewhere. And that's the step that's so important to me, because there was a, a period of time, and I think in baseball it's going to end up being brief, where where amounts of information that was good info was brought to players and told, here's what you should do. And the players are like, what are you talking it's about? Like you're Steve Urkel. Like, did you ever yeah. play baseball? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but the Twins don't tell us much, but they do tell us some things. And I think when Derek has talked about the fact that they are approaching players and saying, okay, we know 10 things here, but if we tell you 10 things, it's all lost. Yeah. So here's two things. Yeah. And players are like, oh, oh, I get that. Right. And and I think what you guys are touching on here is it's it is this grand wide open space in baseball where the majority of a team's success is cultivated. It's this like we can talk about free agents and it's we're gonna have some super fun discussions again next winter, I'm sure. Hopefully players actually sign within a few weeks rather than like waiting until February. But you know, are we gonna focus on what can the twins do with the trade deadline or what can the twins do? Like can they get a mad bum? Can they go and sign another Nelson Cruz type hitter in free agency, right? Like we're going to have those discussions. That's only 10% of it. And we, and we talk about it as fans and media, like it's 90% of it. The real 90% is how do you, how do you get players like Mitch Garver, who's clearly way more talented and has way more upside than we thought watching him the last few years. I mean, he's put up some numbers in the minors, but how do you unlock guys like Martin Perez and Mitch Garver who you're not throwing big free agency money at. They weren't top draft picks, but you see something in them and you're able to say, if we do this and this and get you to think this way, yep. boom, you hit 30 home runs instead of you know languish on the bench, right? Let's take Garver, though, and let's forget him at the plate. Let's talk about one thing, him behind the plate. And Phil, you you, co- you covered this year. team for a long time, he but but I mean yeah. this. I, I think I think I'm going to to put you in a position to articulate the differences here. A year ago, Garver was a lot of the time uncatchable. Mm-hmm. Like he could not play. He could hit, but he could not play. And and the Twins did something. And I challenge you to find a team ten years ago that could take this guy who behind the plate had deficiencies. This is not a great player. This is a guy they. They, in the course of a winter, turned him into not just a serviceable catcher, but a pretty good catcher. You tell me, in baseball, how many other examples of of not great athletes, so we're not talking about a guy who's found himself and he was a, you know, a fantastic player, how many examples can you give me of this previous, and it's not just the Twins, but this philosophy in baseball to take this guy uncatchable to being 
a player who could basically start. Yeah, well, I think it's 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 usually a position where if you don't have it instinctually, you, you're just not a catcher anymore. That's it's almost thought. like not worth your time as an organization. Well, this guy's a hack. Let's move him to DH or right. first base. But that's yeah. what we thought, and they were wrong. And I don't know. Like this is where we're we're operating in this area where all we can do is speculate. And I know that Thad Levine was on the first place Score North Twin Show earlier this week, mm-hmm. and. If you were to ask Thad, hey, what specifically are you doing to get Mitch Garver to be a competent catcher and hit bombs? And he'll talk in generalities, but he's not going to give you the specific secret sauce because the Twins are hoping that they can have an edge for the next three years well, until somebody else figures it out. There wasn't an, an extensive article. It might have been might have been Derek who wrote it. I don't remember exactly where I read it. Or Dan it might, Hayes. It might, was it Dan yes. Hayes? About the way they were, they were teaching their catchers com- completely different ways to frame pitches. And to get lower in in your stance in your squat to give the umpire a better view of the low pitch over your shoulder than than you were getting in the past, and to, to trick the umpire, right? To, well, no, to give them to give them a better view. And the Twins were one of a, a handful of teams around Major League Baseball this year that brought umpires into camp and said, "Look here, here's what we're trying. Are, yeah. Does this give you?" A better view at the ball is it? Is it? Is, Can we trick is, you this way? Is it easier for you to see? <laughs> Are you gullible? And call the strike because you're a human and not a robot, and we're trying to make it as easy for you as possible because baseball is stupid yeah. and stubborn and won't go to the robot umpire takeover. So we're trying to make this as easy for you as possible with your human eyes and limitations. If I crouch down a little bit lower, do you see the, the low strike? And will you yeah. call it? And umpires are saying yes. And he and and if the this is the thing, you know, Mitch Garver is he he's going to hit at least twenty. This year, if he stays healthy, uh, I believe 74, 74, 74 would be runs. a little aggressive, Yeah, but he's not in the lineup to hit the 20 or 30 that he's going to hit this year if you can't put him behind the plate. So the first step was, yes. how can we let's start with you not being a disaster behind the plate? And if he turns into something that's above average, perfect. Um, so, I mean, to all the things that went in in a short period of time this offseason and probably mostly in spring training, right? This is probably like an eight week thing where they really had their hands on him in spring training. And for for them to get him to this point, both behind the plate and offensively in that short amount of time, is incredible. Yes. And it's a much bigger reason for their success than the signing of, let's say, and Jonathan Scope's been good too, but we focus so much on like, well, they signed this free agent, how is he performing? They literally created Barry Bonds out of thin air with Mitch Garver by... Behind-the-scenes development and, and scouting and whatever goes into it. And it's not just framing. That plays a role for sure. But this guy's become a good catcher. He couldn't receive the ball last year, you guys. Yeah. He had balls going off his glove to the backstop. So they they do. I think that they, and I don't care here because it, it's not their, their responsibility, but I think we, they probably tell us about 5% of if a question is asked. But there's so much more that they're doing. And and also too, the and Pat talked about this, I, I believe, on the Unchained podcast at some point as well. But the other thing that's so intriguing to watch in in this game, and this is true across the board, but the Twins are taking advantage as well. You guys is second base and shortstop now are not what they used to be. Like Polanco's playing second half the time now. I think with all the shifts yeah. and things, and so but there's so many of those things that the smart teams can basically use to their advantage now. So, because we'll talk about, well, can Polanco make that long throw? Well, guess what? A lot of times it doesn't matter. It's, he's true. not being asked to. He's, he's making throws from second base. Yeah. That's so very much true. But the old school teams, they might adapt a little bit, but they certainly don't. They don't dive into the pool head first. 
teams like the Twins now, I think, are gaining success because they basically are all in. Dude, I mean, the other guy, we're going to get to Jason Stark here shortly. And uh, and uh, Jason has just informed us that there will be tri- trivia was in question. He was busy, but, but he has informed us oh. that there will be trivia. Okay, yeah. There will be trivia. Um, he scared me. The pitcher example of Mitch Garver here is Martin Perez. Yes. Who the last four years, his ERA the last four years was just a tick under five. Uh, his strikeouts per nine were five, five strikeouts per nine, which is just the ultimate pitch-to-contact number. It's a Nick Blackburn number. And last year with the Rangers, in 22 appearances, his ERA was 6.22, and he was striking out five batters per nine. He, was, he, was, he wasn't a major league pitcher. And I know it's only been five starts, and I'll pump the brakes on both these guys. These guys are, I don't think they're going to sustain this all year, Garver and, and Martin Perez. They're going to settle in at some point, but they've clearly reached a new level. This dude is 5-0 and with a 2.83 ERA, an expected ERA of 3.12. His strikeout rate has gone up to, has almost doubled this year with the Twins. Like, that's amazing. Like, they literally pulled a dude off the scrap heap on the surface, and we all said, what are you doing? Why are you doing, why are you back to the used DVD bin at Cub Foods? Like, <laughs> You went why? to it last year, Hannibal Sanchez. Oh, and by the way, then he was good. Yeah. And they said, no, you don't see this hidden gem. They went to the record store I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I already gave, Floyd's The Wall was in mint condition or something. I already gave myself a hearty pat on the back on the Twins show earlier today, so I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to, I didn't see this coming from Martin Perez, but... I did have a feeling that they that they were right about whatever they saw in him. Maybe not to this extent, and he's gonna regress some to the mean. But I did I did buy what they were selling in spring training when they were talking about the fact that they spotted something with him and, and they thought they could get more out of him than what the Rangers or anybody else has throughout his career. And and they did. They've unlocked something there. Is pitching too just a volume game of sorts as well now? Because Pineda might not work. But if he doesn't work, you just toss him back on that scrap heap, right? And Trevor Madison Bubner. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, do you basically, have, have we now gotten to, if you've got an ace, which I think this team does, if you've got that ace, that the rest of, of it, hey, look, if you can get a two, that that's great as well. But that a lot of this just becomes volume and you do go shopping and Pineda works or he doesn't work. Okay, he didn't work, but Perez does work. Well, and think about like the economics of this. This is gonna, this is not going to make fans happy, but if you know that you can go spend three million dollars and and take a Martin Perez to new heights because you just are that savvy from a scouting perspective and a development perspective, why would you ever pay twenty five million dollars for you, Darvish? Well, you why would you ever and pay you that wouldn't much money? because guys' arms do fall off. Correct. That's the issue. If Martin Perez's arm falls off, all right, you're out three million bucks. Right. But Martin Perez is pitching better than you, Darvish. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Well, it's not even close. Right? I mean, it's, yes. it's, it, it, for twenty two million dollars less per year, you're getting a better. Pitcher. But pitchers, did you do that just because I'm sitting here in my W shirt? And Dude, Cubs you're, hat? you're you're asking for it. <laughs> hey, the Twins tried, <laughs> Rami. Rami. A walking Cubs. Well, he's an, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Although I do like the shirt. Thank you. I'd like one. Extra large, please. <laughs> I'll work out it. Let's keep this going with uh, with Jason Stark. I'm going to guess that Jason Stark has some insight for us on player development and what's happening with the Twins and around baseball. But Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and uh, they are the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. been telling you guys about this place uh, since about 2011 or 12 on the old Royce and Mackey show. And uh, if I may uh, stump for just a moment here, 
you, I know there's, there's people who have been asking us, how can I help score North? How can, how can I, uh, how can I sort of pay it back? Love what you guys are doing. And we appreciate the compliments that come in. The best thing you can do is go to places like Luther Brookdale Toyota, support our sponsors, support the best car dealership and service department in the twin cities. Tell them Phil Mackey or score North sent you over there. Uh, even if it's just something as basic as an oil change or a tire rotation, or if you want to make a splash and get into one of these brand new 2019 RAV4s, one of the most pop- popular vehicles in the world right now, that's always a good option. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it. Wherever you are, even when you're mobile, on the move, remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North Minnesota Sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Three and one. And Garver drives it to left. It is deep and long gone. Into the second level. And the Twins take a 3 nothing lead. All right. That was Mitch Garver hitting one of his seven bombs so far on the season, courtesy of Fox Sports North. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. And uh, if you are new or haven't heard, we have a five-day-a-week twin show. It's called the Score North Twin Show, Monday through Friday, and a rotating cast of hosts, these two guys, myself, Glenn Perkins, is part of the Score North Twin Show, Patrick Royce. And uh, all kinds of uh, Steve, great twins. Score North first place. Twins the Score show. North first place twin show. Yes. That's right. Yes. Derek Wetmore. So Jason, we just spent the first segment talking about how it's if you're a fan or you're in the media, you tend to judge front offices on the surface by what they did in free agency because it's the only thing that you can really wrap your arms around, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and the and the Twins have made a bunch of bets behind the scene. I mean, the Twins spent some money in free agency. Nelson Cruz and Jonathan Scope, etc. But the Twins made some bets behind the scenes, and we're never going to know all the inner workings, and said, we can squeeze way more production out of some of the guys in-house, like Mitch Garver has seven home runs in April uh, into early May. And they, they pluck Martin Perez for 2 or $3 million off the free agency uh, used DVD bin. And if you looked at his numbers in Texas, he had a 6 ERA in Texas. He hasn't been good in five or six years, and he's... 5-0 and with a 2.5 ERA, and his strikeout rate has doubled. And I guess the question is, do you have any idea what smart teams are doing to develop players the way that they are and like maybe some of the, the stuff that the Twins are doing behind the scenes? Like, What's your best guess as to what's clicking in some of these instances? <laughs> well, yeah, there's some luck involved. But uh, let's start with the first premise, is that the team that wins the winner almost never wins the World Series. right? That that It seems so simple when we're trying to... F- you know, write those winners and losers columns, but it's never that simple. So I think we agree on that part. Then I, I, I think the next thing you have to remember is there are so many ways to get to the parade floats. Nobody has a patent on how to do this. It's definitively better than anyone else. And if you start looking back at the teams that won the World Series, they're just so different, right? The Giants and the Royals did it so differently than the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Astros. So there are a lot of ways to get to the same place. Um, but there is a science to it now that we've never seen before. And 
teams are pouring over the sophisticated data that they've got that they didn't have in the past. And, you know, they can look beyond the results of a Martin Perez, right? And look at spin rate and look at underlying metrics that, that, that tell them with a slight tweak, this guy can be way better than he's been. And, you know, the Astros have had a lot of luck doing stuff like this. The teams that win do have success finding players <laughs> who we believe to be at the margins who really still have talent. Jason, how uh, secretive do you think that teams have also become because of the amount of information out there now and, and how, how it's used? I mean, baseball, baseball. I think, uh, for a long time, was the one sport where information was shared with the public, with us, and things like that. How much are we going uh, down a bit of a football path now, though, where it's so competitive and there's so much uh, v- valuable information that we know and don't know that they are becoming more secretive about sharing that? Uh, yeah, at a certain level. There's so much cool publicly available information now that obviously there's no way to keep that from getting around. And even all the StatCast data now, I wouldn't say it's all available, but a bigger chunk of it's available now than it has ever been. And we can all look at it and have fun with it and think about it and try to determine the meaning of it, and guys like Eno Saris, who I work with at The Athletic, can pick it apart and come up with all kinds of incredible insights, but there's all this next-level info that teams have to be protective about, because, let's face it, all teams now think at least somewhat alike. You know, there's just almost nobody left that's doing things the way they were done even 10 years ago. Everybody's trying to think at a level that allows them to find an edge that the competition hasn't discovered yet. Um, And that is hard. The other thing to remember is it's not just about numbers that there's just, there's so much high-tech stuff the teams apply now. I, I spent a lot of time a couple of springs ago with the high-performance group that the Blue Jays put together. These are like the smartest people I ever met in my life, and they're not from here. <laughs> they worked in European sports, football and soccer and rugby, because those sports were so far ahead of us for so long. And they study everything that goes into peak performance, nutrition and sleep studies, wearable tech, you know, how you balance different types of workouts and training, how to set up your hotel room. It's incredible, but do they have the secret? No, there is no secret, but that doesn't mean you can't optimize in every way. Has this information age, and we're talking with Jason Stark of the Athletic and MLB Network, has it leveled the playing field to some degree? Because with the lack of a salary cap in the past, if you couldn't spend with the Yankees, Chances were you couldn't compete with the Yankees, at least not on a consistent year-to-year basis. Every MLB franchise can afford an information and analytics department, and and we see the ripple effect of that if you can use that information effectively. Has it leveled the playing field to where markets like Milwaukee and Minnesota can compete consistently with the New Yorks, Bostons, L.A.s, and Chicagos of the world? Um, You... You know, you, you've left out the number one think tank going, the Rays. True, yep. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and so I guess you can say that it has to some degree. 
But, um, you know, I've sat with the race people even in spring training, and they have vented to me about how they used I mean, their, their whole mission is we can't outspend you. We have to outthink you. And that's harder now than it's ever ever been. You have to be willing to try stuff that's never been tried. You know, the opener really had been talked about and thought about, even written about, never actually been tried. And then they did it. It's worked. And I think they understand the limitations of it, but it's the kind of thing that certain teams now feel like they have to experiment with to find an edge because everybody is thinking largely the same. Yeah. I just find, I, 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 I'm not saying that this, this was a zero sum game in free agency for the Twins, but I know that they had, they were given permission to spend more money than they spent and they chose to not sign Dallas Keuchel up to this point, uh, needing starting pitching help. So you could make a, you could make an argument that the Twins chose to sign Martin Perez for three million as opposed to a former AL Cy Young Award winner and World Series winner Dallas Keuchel for let's say fifteen to twenty million dollars, while getting criticized by fans. I mean, think about whether you're the Twins front office or the I mean the Rays aren't spending on any free agents really, but if you're in that middle ground and you're getting torched by fans and media. To stick to your convictions because the analytics and the data and the things that fans can't see say that this is the correct move. I find that interesting too, Jason. Oh yeah, and that, you know the thing to remember is that the Twins and really most teams now they they really don't care about what you did. They care about what they think you're going to do. Yeah, and what what they can project that you're going to do. And you know the problem that Dallas Keuchel since you picked that name, the problem he has is his underlying metrics gave teams no confidence that investing $100 million in him or whatever it, it looked like it was going to be this winter was a good idea. It, and it still apparently hasn't looked like a real good idea because he's still out there. Crazy question then. Are, are we getting to a point now where investing in pitching or at least investing too much is going to be seen as a mistake because of the fact that these guys break down so easily or seem to at least uh, probably compared to other positions, Jason Stark. You know, it, it, you have to take it case by case, but I think the rule, the rule of thumb, you should remember what every pitcher is. They all get hurt. Yes. They do. You know, of 50% of all starting pitchers go on the disabled list every single year. And so it's likely that that guy you sign, if he's on to a six-year deal, it's likely he'll be on a disabled list in three of those years. And, you know, there are going to be special talents who come on the market at a certain age. I think Garrett Cole will be one of them this, this coming winter, who are worth the investment. I was amazed that teams thought Patrick Corbin was worth the investment because, you know, if you looked at what he had done, there really been only one season where he performed at an elite level, and it wasn't that long ago where he got bounced out of the rotation, got sent to the minors, and he got the biggest and longest and richest contract of any free agent so winner. So it, it, it just remember that it's not about what you've done. It's about projecting what teams think you're going to do. So age and projections have never mattered more. Jason, last night we had a uh, a no hitter in Major League Baseball. I don't know how many people knew that until this morning because 
The game was on the West Coast and delayed <laughs> for a power outage. But Mike Fires, if you haven't heard, threw a threw a no hitter last night. I feel like the no hitter is sort of ho hum in baseball today. I know my 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 cohort here, J- Judd Zulgad, is not all that impressed or entertained by by a no hitter. Is that still a special thing to you? Well, I, I think it's in, in a lot of ways, depending on how it unfolds, it's going to be more special when one guy does it as opposed to five pitchers combining on it because it's getting so rare in an age of pitch counts for anybody to complete anything. Um, Mike fires through 131 pitches last night, and no pitcher in baseball has thrown 130 pitches since the last time he did it in a no-hitter four years ago. Wow. And so who are you willing to allow to throw a hundred and thirty pitches. Mike Fires. Yeah. Mike Fires. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We got the answer. year old guy to one year contract. Right. <laughs> Go get him. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have, I've been lucky enough to be at three no hitters, and the drama and the emotion as they build inning to inning, batter to batter, even pitch to pitch at the end, are phenomenal entertainment. But if we get to a stage where the pitcher is always going to come out after 97 pitches and now four relievers are going to finish up, there's nothing that exciting about that. Just like, hey, you know, Tiger struck out 20 times in a game a week or so ago. The first two times they did it, Roger Clemens struck out 20 and Max Scherzer struck out 20, and those were memories for a lifetime. And in this game, I think it was four pitchers combined to strike out 20, and nobody even knows it happened because it's just a game where the ball was never in play. Yeah. So that's why it's changing and how it's changing. Uh, you just rattled off some uh, facts and information. I feel like that was a good uh, warm-up bullpen session for trivia here where Jason Stark from The Athletic and MLB Network attempts to stump Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We're ready to rock here. we got the game show music fired up for you. Uh, i got to savor the music, man, for a few seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm ready. All right. Let's do this. Here we go. Got my week Martindale hat on now. You know, it's it's shutout week in Minnesota, right? They twins throw a shutout every night, but that's how they. That the it's it's that's what we're used to. It's become so easy for the twins. They have to have theme weeks to keep themselves entertained in the American League Central. Exactly. It's shutout week, but you know, no, no individual shutouts like we were just talking about. So here's my trivia question. Since Johan departed, only three twins have thrown multiple shutouts in the same season, meaning they, they had to be complete games, right? Three twins, multiple shutouts in the same season post-Johan. Um, Liriano had a yes. no-hitter, and I'm going to assume another one. So Liriano's one of them. Okay. This is going to... this Three? Wow. Is, is Liriano I'm one of them? I'm amazed there are three. What? Wow. Yeah. We're already out. Really? Wow. I'm sorry. No, it was a good guess. He threw one shutout in 2011. I can't find any other than that. Uh, well, Carl Pavano is one of the only guys that was capable of pitching that deep into games for the Twins say in the Pavano, postseason. Yeah. No, okay. yeah, he's one of them. Is Scott okay. Baker? 2010, he's one of them. Scotty Baker rarely went beyond seven innings, but the pickings are pretty slim here. Well, let's work our way backwards. Okay. Did Actually... Can I ask a leading question since we already whiffed on this? Are there any like Whatever. really Permission obscure names? Hostile. How how obscure do the names get on this list? The two remaining. Uh, one of them won't be on the tip of your tongue. I'll put it that way. 
I feel like Scott Diamond did this. R. A. Dickey. <laughs> no, Ari Dickey wasn't good. No, here. he wasn't. No, he found it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Scott Diamond threw a shutout, but not multiple shutouts. Okay. All right. Um, who, who are not the? I mean, oh, Irvin obscure. Santana. Irvin Santana had to have been one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Three of them in 2017. That was a mere two years ago. Did he really? So the other one is not a not a top of mind the, guy. The other one's deeper in the rearview mirror. But you know, like you, hey, Phil, you know him well. A great guy, but um, great guy, but no surprise you. <laughs> Fantastic um, guy. You know but you wouldn't it, guess him. You know who it may have been. If I'm going great guy, rearview mirror, yeah. Nick Blackburn. <laughs> wow. He was a horse for two years for the Twins. Well, that's yeah, that, laugh from Jason, out, that laugh from Jason Stark was all. Yeah, the I, laugh said it all. I don't know. This is a, I don't know. <laughs> this was a tough one, Jason. Who's the third guy? Okay, the third guy. We give up. Is your friend and mine, Kevin Slowey. What? Oh, okay. I would 2008. Not. It had two oh. of them. Kevin Slowey. <laughs> I ne- honestly, Kevin Slowey was so good the first time through the order. For if you g- go pull up his splits and look at Kevin Slowey the first two trips and the third trip, and that's why he's not a major league pitcher anymore. So that surprises me. I mean, they weren't exactly like seventeen strikeout game shutouts. No, <laughs> no, but they uh, count. Good stuff. All right, Jason Stark won. Uh, Mackie and Joey Romney, nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you did a very good job. Good uh, work. What can people find from you? What's the latest from you on theathletic.com slash MLB? Well, I, my current, my most recent piece is a, is a sad one. Um, David Montgomery, a uh, longtime president of the Phillies, uh, passed away today, and I have a remembrance of him. But uh, coming up in a couple of days, I have a piece with some of the most astounding Christian Yelich facts you have ever seen anywhere. Jason, is is he ever going to regress or come back down to earth, or is he just as good? Is he, is he Barry Bonds? If he doesn't come back to earth, <laughs> he's Ruth and Bonds. That's basically what the numbers show. Wow. Uh, nobody... What he has done since the All-Star break last year is Ruthian and Bonzian. Now, you can make a case for some other people here and there, depending on what's, what combination of stats you want to pick through, and that's kind of what I did. But I, you keep coming back to those names, Ruth, Bonds. I threw Rogers Hornsby in there. Garver, Mitch Garver. You know, Robbie Grossman's name Robbie didn't come Grossman, up. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. it always comes up. <laughs> of course. Yep. All right. Jason, great stuff. We'll talk next week. Always fun, guys. Thanks. All right. Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network. Actually, uh, they both have the same OPS within a couple points, Mitch Garver and Christian Yelich. Oh, yeah. It's more of a playing time gap between the two. Right. If, if Garver yeah, No question. Have, same guy. If you doubled the plate appearances, they'd both have 15 home I runs. I mean, right come now, on. Just so people know. Like, like Mitch Garver isn't in the same class as Christian Yelich. Come on. Yeah, these people will find out. <laughs> uh, what, are we, uh, what are we ranking when <laughs> we come back here, Robbie? I can't say that and not laugh. What are we ranking when we come? What's our pecking order when we come back here? Well, we've had we've had a change in the landscape of Minnesota sports recently. Like now, all of a sudden, the Twins are are geniuses, and 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 the Wolves have moved into this new era, modern era uh, of NBA basketball. So I want to know how much you guys and and you listening six five one six four six eight two five five how much you trust the sports teams and organizations here in Minnesota and rank how much you trust the teams and franchises here in Minnesota.
Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, or just go get that Score North app. It's available for Apple and Android, and you get points and can be rewarded just for listening. Subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us those five-star ratings. Leave your comments. Also, live.scorenorth.com is a way you can listen or to say, Alexa, open Score North, and we're available on Spotify. So there's been... You guys tell me if I'm wrong, but a shift in the sports landscape of Minnesota here over just the last few months, I get the sense that before the Twins did what they've done here to start the season and the Wolves moved into the modern era of NBA basketball with the hiring of Garrison Rosas, that for a while the Vikings were sort of king around here. Not not that they were necessarily world beaters, but you know, you looked at him and he went, Vikings aren't winning Super Bowls, but at least they're they're not the Twins, or at least they're they're not the Wolves. I think those organizations were just looked at as incompetent on some level and never really going anywhere, sort of running in place for a long time. So I just want to know how much that has changed for you guys with what the Twins are doing, with what the Wolves are doing. And with the Vikings sort of stagnant now after after a promising 2017 season and people not really sure where they're headed going into 2019, rank how much faith or confidence you guys have in Minnesota sports yeah. franchises and programs. So uh, we're just Judd and I were just discussing this, and you you call us off if if we should expand this. Sure. Pro only. And we've always said, although now it's probably different, we've always said, like, whenever we do these rankings, the links have been the model of stability for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're twins, wolves, Vikings, wild I for feel the purposes like, of this ranking. I, yeah, because I feel like the Gophers, whether you want to admit it or not, there's a ceiling. In, 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 in college sports, there's a ceiling as far as how far a program like the Minnesota Gophers can go. Because if they reach a certain level of success, let's take the basketball program, for example. It's awfully negative. Richard Patino is off for a bigger, better job. And then you're starting all over again. It's pretty rare that a program breaks. 651-646-8255. Thanks, Debbie Downer. If you're a gopher holer and you want yeah. to call and talk to Rami. Thanks, Rami. It's pretty rare. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's pretty rare. I think it's happened twice in my lifetime that a program breaks through that ceiling and stays in that stratosphere permanently. You know, yeah. like In my lifetime, I think... Butler and Gonzaga have done it. And that's it. That's it. In my 40 years nearly on this earth, two programs have broken through that ceiling and stayed in that upper yeah. echelon of basketball programs. Yeah. It's nearly impossible. Not to turn this into a gopher segment, but are the gophers ever going to be Duke or top-tier team? Not in my lifetime. Is there room between where the gopher basketball and football programs are now and where they could be? Yes. Where they could be is go to a Rose Bowl once every six years and uh, go to the go to the Sweet Sixteen like once every six or seven years. You know, we're not asking for a whole lot, but I I've got rankings. But the comparisons here are are of four teams that basically have the same ability to be smart. Like college sports is just different, and and we could certainly talk about that. But these are four teams that we can say are either A, progressive, not as progressive. So, yeah, I, I think the Twins, Wild Wolves, and Vikings is fair. Number, right. number four, Wild. And it's it, it's a multitude of things. They don't have a defined in his prime star player. You could have said they did with Zach Parisi, but but Parisi and Suter are now into their, they're emerging into their mid-30s. 
They've got major contract issues and salary cap issues uh, compared to some of the other teams on this list. And I'm I just I, I don't think I don't think we're in for a ten year dry spell with the Wild. But I, I just like ranking them against the other three teams. There's a lot more questions about the Wild than the other three teams. Number three, and this is where we might start to disagree. I have the Vikings number three on this. That's list. where I had them too. And I, I, I get on the surface. Oh no 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 no. On the surface, <laughs> so far Phil and I are no, in no, lockstep. No, no, no. Our no. lists are the same. Then, Mister Fly the W. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is why the Vikings are one hundred percent behind the Twins and Timberwolves. All three of their key pillar spots—quarterback, coach, and general manager—have contracts that expire two thousand twenty. So it's a it's a short clock to maybe start over at three key spots. Maybe all three of those key spots in the organization. And you have to ask, what is the upside of this team the next two years with how tough the NFC is? I think the I'm on the record. We did the schedule predictions. I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. Do I think they're winning a Super Bowl the next two years with Kirk Cousins? I mean, you'd have to have so many things happen in the NFC. So it feels like they're competitive. They've done some good things, but it feels like there's a chance they're teetering on the downside of this hill. Okay. I'll I'll take everything Phil just said and add on that I really think that it's been, it's been a slow transition in this direction. I think that before long defensive minded head coaches might pretty much be a thing of the past. I I think that the Vikings are are a little bit behind in the times with a Mike Zimmer as a head coach. I really do because of where this league is headed because it's geared so much towards offense and scoring points and defenses are are being are being mandated against through rules that the NFL puts in every year. It's getting harder and harder to win playing defense and to have that be your stalwart that I think that the 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 Vikings are a step or two behind some of the better teams and organizations in this league. Not that Mike Zimmer isn't a good coach and even a good head coach. I just think that having an offensive-minded head coach is the way to go and the way that this league has been headed for a long time, and it's only going to become more and more the case. Number two in my confidence rankings, the Timberwolves. I have... Carl Anthony Towns in his prime as a top 10 or 12 player in the league for the next, for sure, five years, because he's under contract, and maybe for the next 10 years, depending on how things shake out. And I legitimately think they nailed this hire. I think they hit this hire out of the ballpark with Gerson Rosas. And it's a it's a franchise-changing hire. He's the best of it. You're not going to hear a bad thing about him from, a, uh, from any perspective, whether it's as a human being or as a a guy who just prepares for his job, I legitimately think he is going to be the missing link that they've needed for a long time outside of the Flip Saunders eras. And then number one, I know they haven't won anything yet, but they've got an ace pitcher in his prime. They've got a lineup full of youthful guys in their mid-20s that's number one in a bunch of offensive categories. They have a smart, savvy front office and no bad contracts, the Minnesota Twins. I'm, I'm, so I'm most confident in the Twins organization right now, Timberwolves 2, Vikings three wild four. I am in lockstep with Phil Mackey. Hmm, that's interesting. I am not. Shall we do this now or come back and, and do this after the uh, break? Let's see here. Let's. Uh, How much time do we have? <laughs> let's come back. Okay. I love on air production meetings. Let's. Like, what do you guys want to do? We have a. Uh, it's laid back. <laughs> 
Because I want, I might be able to weave. I have a, I have a, a Timberwolves related thing that I might be able to weave in after your list. Oh, absolutely. As, yes. as another, another tentacle off this. But so, okay. so you disagree a lot with this? No, no, no. I disagree on one thing fundamentally at this point in time. No, there, there's not a lot of difference, but there's one key difference. I think I know what you disagree with, and I disagree with your disagreement. That's why I've worked with you for so long, like an old married couple. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight then, okay? 651-646-8255. I take the couch. Big TV down there. Voluntarily. Uh, what Which organizations are you most and least confident in? You can chime in live, 651-646-8255. Please also download the Score North mobile app if you haven't yet for Apple and Android devices. Just do a search. S-K-O-R North gives you access to live Score North programming, on-demand slash podcast Score North programming, and written articles from the Judd Zilgads, the Matthew Collars, the Derek Wetmores, the Danny Cunninghams. Luther Brookdale Toyota is one of the proud sponsors of Score North. In fact, well, we're, we're proud to have them on board. I'm not sure if they're proud of us. I guess hopefully they're proud of us, but who knows? But we're very much happy to have them in the fold here at Score North. And uh, now through the end of May, so now through May 31st, you can get in and get 0% interest for 60 months on the 2019 Highlander, Tundra, and Sienna. That's 0% financing for 60 months on all three of those. I also recommend if you haven't checked out the 2019 RAV4, get in there. Get a test drive and see why it has become the most popular vehicle in the world. It's the best combination of durability and spaciousness. It drives and handles more like a Camry or a Corolla, so you get the best of all of those worlds. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is our team confidence rankings here on Score North.